Okay, welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, April 10th. As always, we are presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karczewski, joined with my other host, Truman Karczewski. How's it going? And today we have a special guest in studio, Stephen Handy. How's it going, guys? So, we're going to get right into it. Biggest story out of the weekend uh, was a little bit of the Masters. Patrick Reed won his first Masters. I believe that was his first major win. Uh, He shot 15 under. Uh, What do you think of him, Stephen? I don't really know. Um, well, first off, I actually, I actually put a little money on him to win this weekend. Yeah. So we, we won, we won some bucks there, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So what I've heard basically is just no one really likes him. Yeah. Like he, he everywhere just, he goes. Yeah. He just keeps to himself on the course during practice rounds. Even when he's playing with people, he doesn't really, you know, play with them. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of on his own. Yeah. He's, he's a weird guy. He was in Georgia, I think for the first year he got kicked out. Because I guess he's they, his teammates said he stole some money from them and a couple watches and stuff like that. He doesn't talk to his family. I know you said he, you read an article today about that, about how he was abused by his father. I think it said um, he's he's kind of a strange guy. Like I said, he was then he got he went to Augusta State after Georgia, and they went to the national championship a couple times. But it turns out his teammates said that like they were rooting for him to lose because they just hate him so much. He's just a really annoying, irritating guy. And, you know, he's a weird guy. Like I said, he cl- he, they said he closes all the doors in his house before he can sleep. His wife kind of runs everything. And she's just a weird guy. But I guess we're happy for him. He won the Masters. Pretty big deal. Yeah, so so after he got out of college, he decided that he wanted to marry his current girlfriend. And his parents, like, urged him not to. And that's when he cut off all contact. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, during the U.S. Open um, <clears throat> at Pinehurst in 2014, uh they got tickets and they were following him and his wife had them kicked like escorted off the course yeah that's... They, so I, I don't get it hopefully, yeah hopefully sounds like they... a weird guy yeah, yeah. some some went on there you, you know for somebody to cut off their family like that you know it's pretty severe like you know aaron Rodgers did yeah and there's some stories on that but i mean it's just kind of weird i mean people obviously raised him uh they're probably something a little bit more behind the scenes that we don't yeah. know but who knows uh, another story out of the Masters was Tiger Woods. Obviously, he came back and played. Uh, he made the cut, but he only fin- he tied 32. He shot plus one, but he did shoot 69 in the fourth round. Uh, he didn't look like him old, his old self, but I guess you know he did stay healthy and finish the tournament. And I guess that is a positive sign. Yeah, I I just think that there's too much pressure on him to succeed. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really just you know all the the big story going into it was Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods. I mean, I don't know. Like, the, his last two rounds were his two best rounds once he was out of contention. Yeah. And he so, like, of... once the pressure was off, he did better. So, I don't know. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, like, we talked about all the highs and lows he's been through. And for someone to go through that many lows, I think you're right. It was, like, almost like almost too hard to even just, like, yeah, come back come like back that. All that. Like I, th- I, said... I think he eventually will come back. He's a good golfer. But, like, um, I don't really know much about golf. But I think the highs and lows he went through is just going to be too hard to, you know... Yeah, Come like uh, Cole said yeah. last week, if he would have won the Masters, that would have been probably the greatest comeback in all sports history. Yeah. And it's just, it's just a long shot, but glad he, was, he stayed healthy, and uh, hopefully he can uh, get some wins here later in the season. Yeah, I think he will end up winning a tournament, but I, I don't know about a major. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. I think those days are behind him. I think, though, he can you know make some noise in the minor tournaments. So that's enough for golf right now. We're going to move on to a little bit of football talk. Uh, it's comeback season. Johnny Manziel played in the Spring League, which is kind of like a independent league where you know players who aren't in the league anymore play. I know I saw a couple names like Zach Mettenberger from uh, LSU was there and a couple other guys, a couple of old college stars. He played really well in his first game. He had a nice touchdown. He rolled out to the right. He threw a touchdown in the corner of the end zone. Classic Johnny touchdown. Yeah, it was yeah. really nice. And then he went 9 for 15, 83 yards. He had a couple nice runs, too, a couple scampers. I know he was sacked, like, three times, but, I mean, that's the offensive line you're playing with there. I love Johnny Manziel. Like, I honestly think he should get another opportunity. I Like, he didn't get a great chance in Cleveland. We all know Cleveland didn't have a great roster around him. Um, his head wasn't clean. Um, he went through some stuff. And I think he's starting to come around. I think he's starting to become a little bit more mature. Obviously, we'll see if he does get back in the spotlight if that stays. But I honestly think he should get another chance. I know the Patriot rumors, which would be sweet. Um, you know, if he got in that locker room with Bill Belichick and all the great names, mm-hmm. Tom Brady, I think he would that would he would just flourish. I just don't think he got the correct chance in Cleveland, and I think he 
and a good system could honestly succeed. And I'm really excited to see what happens with them. Yeah. yeah. So, so some interesting behind the uh, scenes from that game. There were eight NFL scouts there, or eight teams were rep- represented. Mm-hmm. Um, the only team that sent multiple scouts were the Raiders. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. And coming out of college, John Gruden absolutely loved Johnny Manziel. Well, that's something to that's watch. That's interesting. Yeah, that's something That'd be to watch. a perfect spot for him, too, honestly. Yeah, John see. Gruden could mentor him. Uh, I don't know, you know, with the whole thing with Derek Carr. Uh, but, I mean, they, they have great names there. John Gruden's he's a quarterback guru. He would yeah. absolutely help him. So that'd be interesting. And after he struggled his rookie year, instead of reaching out, like, to the Browns for help, he reached out to Gruden, Gruden. for help. So. That's something to watch for then as the you know as this kind of progresses. Yeah, I think he needs another start, another uh, shot though. Obviously, after he left the Browns, he wasn't in a good spot, but he's I feel like he's kind of under control now. He's got you know he he had some mental health issues. I think he's got under control now, and I would really like to see him get another shot in the NFL. We will see though. I mean, he's if he does get back to the NFL, he's gonna be back into the spotlight, um, which he always is. But you know, you go into an NFL franchise, you're gonna be put under the. Mm-hmm under the microscope again and you know that could hurt him um because it did i think in cleveland but i just think he's becoming more mature and i think it would be interesting to watch yeah so another story that came out of the nfl was landon collins and eli apple if you may know you know landon collins last year he called uh eli apple a cancer in the locker room eli apple is he came out of ohio state he said he's had kind of a rough (laughs) nfl career i'm probably one of this is an outlier for ohio state guys but um, you know, he had a he had a decent he had a good rookie year, but he's just you know his I think his mom is just messing with him. You know, I heard that she's kind of kind of the reason behind all this you know drama. But I think you know Landon Collins came on the radio the other day and said that they buried the hatchet, and I think this is a good thing for the Giants if they can get Eli Apple and Landon Collins both on the same page. Yeah, I mean, they obviously Eli Apple is rookie year. Like you said before the show, Steven, he was one of the better corners in the league. He was really good. Um, and Landon Collins, he's one of the better safeties in the league. So honestly, if they can, if they did bury the hatchet and uh, they can work out their issues, they can become, you know, one of the better secondary, young secondary teams. And they in got the uh, Janoris Jenkins. Yeah, I, I, I mean, they have a good secondary, and if they can just kind of keep all the crap behind them. Um, it could be, it could make a really good defense because I know they got a good pass rush. Um, they got some good linebackers. So if the Giants can kind of just get past all the drama, even on the offensive side ball, uh, offensive side of the ball with Odell and all that, they can be a really good team. And um, I would like to see them do that. Yeah. And then we got another story. Andrew Luck. He had a press conference the other day uh, on Monday. He said he still hasn't thrown a football, but he is confident that he can be himself and come back week one and start. This is just a strange situation. It's been a strange, you know, situation the entire year. He was supposed to come back like week, like two or three. People were drafting him in their fantasy leagues. Then, you know, you read a month later that he's in Europe seeking treatment for his, I don't even know what it is, his elbow? Uh, elbow, shoulder, something Something like that. messed up. Something's, there's something behind this, whether it's a mental thing or it's just more serious than what the Colts wanted to let on. But if he can come back and be the quarterback that he was before, this is a huge help for the Colts. Yeah, I mean, Andrew Luck, when he is healthy, he's, in my opinion, uh, top five quarterback in the league. Um, wow. Uh, he, I mean, I don't think that's a wild thing. I mean, the I way, that. yeah, I, he, I mean, that. he hasn't really had any good receivers, and you see, yeah. you see what he's been able to do. Yeah, I, I just think, um, if the Colts, you know, they're, they're, you know, a team that I just haven't seen really get better, um, over the past couple of years. I mean, they got to get, you know, they got T.Y. Hilton. Um, they haven't really improved their, I mean, they've improved their offensive line since it was really bad, but I would like to see them get more weapons around Andrew Luck and get a better offensive line. Um, but I just think if he comes back healthy, uh, with a good weapons, with a good offensive line, you know, no one can really stop him. I mean, he could be really good. Uh, the ceiling's really high. But right now, the cup, the, you know, it's kind of bare. You know, you don't have, you know, the second wide receiver outside of T.Y. Hilton. You don't have a great offensive line. So if you throw him back in there and he's not completely healthy, you're risking a lot. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see the Colts get better before they, you know, commit to Andrew Luck as starting next year. Who do they have a running back right now? They lost Frank Clark. Uh, they don't have Marlon Mack. So no, so no one really. No, they have no one. So yeah, we're gonna keep watching that situation. Uh, like Truman said, they need a lot of help on the offensive line. So we're gonna talk about our offensive line sleepers. We did our tight ends last week. We're gonna keep going with this each week. And for me, I'll start it off. Uh, mine is the tackle out of Nevada, Austin Corbett. He was a walk on at Nevada. He replaced uh, Joel Batonio when he went to the draft. Uh, he was a team captain as a sophomore. He started every game, you know, freshman through junior year. I think he doesn't really have the speed for the outside, and that's kind of why it's been 
you know, taking him back in the draft, falling him on draft boards. But I think he could move inside and be a really solid player. I think he's a name to watch for, and he could be a really, you know, a good player to be found in the later rounds. Uh, mine's Brandon Parker. He's a tackle from uh, North Carolina A&T. Um, he's projected right now as a fourth or fifth round pick. Um, I could see him even going higher based on one thing, his size. Um, he's 6'7", 325. Um, he played offensive tackle at North Carolina. They said if he even wanted to, he's fast enough and he's versatile enough to move inside, play guard, um, even maybe center. So if you have a guy that can play all five positions, um, three, or, three or five, that's interesting. Because uh, next year he could, you know, he could sit behind a good offensive line, and if something happened, he could step in right away. Um, he impressed at the um, Senior Bowl. Um, he was going against top competition, um, you know, because obviously in North Carolina A&T he didn't go against the best players. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he impressed scouts, and uh, he moved up draft boards. And I just think, based on size, he could be drafted and developed into something that's really good. Yeah, offensive line's tricky because there's, you know, there's a lot of players who, you know, if you rate players really high, you know, I think there's a lot of bust potential with end up with offensive linemen coming out of college. And, you know, me and Trim are experts. We played offensive line in high school. <laughs> but uh, So we'll keep watching on that. Next week we're going to do, I think, interior defense alignment on Thursday. But we're going to move to basketball now. But before that, we just wanted to remind you that our show is brought to you by D's Home Cuts. D's is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, D's provides people with modern haircuts and styling. Truman and I have been getting our haircut for, at D's for the last couple months, and we have never looked or felt better. Every time you go into the shop, you're going to get a professional cut. The cuts get better every time because you Dee's is always upgrading his equipment so they can give you the best haircut possible. You can find Dee's at twi- at, on Twitter and Instagram at Dom's Home Cuts. DM him for an appointment, and trust me, you will not be disappointed. Dee's Home Cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So we're going to move into basketball. Playoffs are coming up. I think Wednesday is the last game. Uh... The 76ers are moved into that third seed. They've been looking really strong. They beat the Cavs lately. Uh, a couple other storylines. Thunder beat the Rockets the other day. They clinched a playoff spot yesterday, I believe, on Monday. You know, so that's a that's a good storyline to watch. And I believe that the Timberwolves are going to clinch that eighth seed and play the Rockets in the first round. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, obviously, I'm watching this close. Uh, the, the Eastern Conference is interesting because um, obviously I'm a Bucks fan. Uh, the the six, seven, and eight is still kind of up for grabs. Uh, it looks like the Bucks will either get the six or the seven, um, and likely the Wizards will get that eight. Um, I'm hoping, you know, it's interesting. You'll either have a Bucks 76er series, which is interesting. That's young potential versus young potential, or you'll have a Bucks first uh, Celtics series, which I want because I think we match up with the Celtics well without Kyrie. So uh, I'm watching this closely, um, but we'll see. So you want the Celtics first round? I want the Celtics first round, but I honestly think we beat the 76 and I think we can take Cleveland. So I'm I'm not too... All right, well, we're just going to move on. <laughs> we won't get into this because we got into it last show. You know, Truman is delusional, as we all know. So we're going to move on to LeBron. LeBron, if he plays, he played last night versus the Knicks. They play Wednesday again versus the Knicks. And this could be, if LeBron plays, this will be the first time in his career that he has played 82 games, a full season. He's played in every single game. This is just amazing for me because he's he's old he's an older guy and to play in all 82 games at the level he's playing in is just insane. The only I mean the reason it's insane for me is because he literally carries the Cavs. It's mm-hmm. like it's like he doesn't he's had a year where he doesn't have as much help as he's had in the past and he's just putting them on his back and every night he's getting a triple double 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 whatever he's always putting up 30 points always putting up 13 14 rebounds um and the fact that he's doing this for 82 games is actually kind of crazy but you know in ways it's lebron so i'm not going to say it worries me because nothing he does would worry anyone but you know does does it affect if they do make a deep run in the playoffs like we all kind of expect them to does it will it affect that in ways i mean i want to say it will but (laughs) yeah because we don't like him we don't want the Cavs, but um it, it could, uh, but I don't know. I, I, but I think it's still LeBron, and I still he's the best player in the world. He seems invincible, so uh, it's probably unlikely. Yeah, it's crazy to me that a guy who's playing such a high level plays every single game that year at his age. Yeah. Um, so another story was Ben Simmons. Uh, they asked him the other day if he thinks he deserves the rookie of the year. He says he 100% does. He said there's really no other rookie who has caught his attention, which is kind of crazy to me because Donovan Mitchell is pretty much, like Truman said with LeBron, he's carrying the Jazz to the playoffs. 
But I think it's pretty cool to see a player, you know, not like the NBA is kind of seen as a league where players are all friendly with each other. And it's cool to see Ben Simmons kind of just put his foot down and just say, you know, I'm the best rookie in this league. And I think he is going to get the rookie of the year. I don't think there's a question. But Donovan Mitchell has been playing really well. But I think it's cool to see, you know, a player not be, you know, friendly, so PC, politically correct with uh, the media. Yeah, I mean, if he thinks it, um, he should say it. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, there's no question about it. He's had a great season. Um, It looks like he's going to be a superstar in the league. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is unquestionably the best scorer, the best rookie scorer. Um, But Ben Simmons does it all. Uh, You know, he averages just under 17 points. Uh, He averages over eight assists and over eight rebounds. I saw a comparison, and I wouldn't even come close to comparing them yet. But, you know, it's it's almost like he's like a LeBron figure with Philadelphia. He does it all. Um, it's a big statement. I mean, he's not LeBron. He doesn't compare to LeBron, but he does it all. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, he just seems like right now he's just a scorer. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Ben Simmons should be Rookie of the Year. Uh, it's kind of confusing. You know, he did have that kind of gap year uh, where he's technically not a rookie, mm-hmm. but he is. So he will get the Rookie of the Year, but no question about it, Donovan Mitchell was, had a great season. Yeah, we got we got a pretty great class of rookies this year. Two potential superstars with Ben Simmons and uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell, and we haven't even seen what Markel Fultz, the number one pick, can do yet. Yeah. Uh, so now we're gonna move on to hockey. We don't usually talk hockey, but the playoffs do begin Wednesday. We got the Blue Jackets. They're gonna be taking on the Capitals in the first round. Uh, that's pretty much all we got on hockey because you know we're not two big hockey guys, and we're gonna get somebody on here soon to talk some hockey with us, but. Playoffs are actually pretty exciting though in the NHL because it's kind of like anybody can win on any night. You know, if you win a couple games, you steal a couple games on the road, you're going to probably win. And it's cool to see, you know, high seeds get taken out by lower seeds just because it is hockey. Yeah, I honestly I don't follow hockey during the regular season at all. I'm not a big, uh, not I don't have much information on it, um, so I'm not gonna pretend like I'm talking like I'm some expert. But the playoffs do entertain me. I do tune in almost every year to watch the playoffs. I just, you know, but this year the thing that cool, is cool to me is the Las Vegas um, Golden Knights. Yeah. This is crazy. An expansion team in any sport, this is nuts if you think about it. Mm. This team is just created. Um, it's got new players all over the place. They've never played with each other. Um, and they're coming in, and right now they're probably the best team in the league to some people. And um, if they could, you know, def- define all odds and go to the Stanley Cup Finals, that would be crazy. And some- something I'm going to watch um, during the playoffs. I do. I do think this is where I'm supposed to say that, you know, I'm supposed to. I'm- gonna talk about this later but they are actually my favorite hockey team really yeah i'll I'll explain why later but uh you know i I really hope they do well obviously but um one matchup to look out for for sure i think the kings the kings are good Mm -hmm. they can definitely upset the uh the Knights in the first round, I think. Yeah, they've got experience. I mean, and like the, like the Knights, they've never played with each other. They don't have experience. So that'll be interesting. Um, but I, I, I'm pulling for them. I'm, I, you know, I do pull for the Blue Jackets. Uh, but I'm just kind of looking at the Knights, and I, I kind of want to see them do something. I agree. Yeah, Blue Jackets are in- interesting, though, because they've really finished the season really hot. And they could be, they could make a run, I think. Uh, so now we're going to move on to some baseball talk. I know Steven's been waiting for that. But before that, we're gonna, we want to remind you that our show is also brought to you by A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, A's has been providing professional landscaping services to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, A's constantly strives to provide, provide families with professional landscaping, landscaping at a low and fair price. Are you tired of being dragged around by bigger landscaping companies, Steven? Of course, man. It's the worst. (laughs) Turn to A's and trust me, your lawn and home will never look better. Trust A's for all your landscaping needs and you will not be disappointed. The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.a's at gmail.com. A's Lawn Service LLC. You grow it, we cut it. So we're going to move into some baseball talk. One of the big storylines that's kind of been going on since opening day is Gabe Kapler. He's the new manager with the Phillies, and he's just he's having a terrible time. And I know the Phillies are underperforming. They broke out on uh, Saturday, I think. They scored 20 runs against the Marlins, which isn't anything. Triple A team. Yeah. yeah. But he was booed at opening day. He pulled uh, 
the opening day pitcher after I think 68 pitches after he was doing really well but they pulled him he's called a reliever in who wasn't even warmed up yet he's used the most relievers in the first couple games in MLB history and like I said they've underperformed they pulled their best player uh, Hoskins after he went two for three with two doubles he's just it doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing but you know he got the job and it's just it's really strange to see you don't really see this you know somebody coming in and doing this poorly yeah he's he's a big analytics guy <clears throat> he's all about the numbers um i think he's trying to be you know Moneyball type yeah that type. type of guy but uh i still think it's a little too early just to say that he's bad and he's not a good coach mm-hmm. you know outside of obviously trying to bring in a reliever that wasn't warming up yeah um everything has been done from like an analytics standpoint which you know so far it hasn't you know, necessarily worked out, but, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's too early to say that yeah. it's absolutely terrible. Yeah. I, uh, well, one thing you have to look at is the Phillies and the Philadelphia fans. They're going to give anyone shit who walks through the door. Yeah. Um, they're just, they're the toughest fan base to please in all of sports. Um, but when you do win, obviously like we saw the Eagles win, they go nuts. Um, so obviously a slow start is not going to please the fans and they're going to give him shit. But I, I think it's one of those things you you got to look at, like Steven said. It, you know, teams have cold starts. Teams have hot starts. You can't, after 10 games, say that this guy's a bad manager. You know, give him some time. Give him the season. Don't throw him out the door just yet. You know, and let's see if this analytics, this number stuff that he's trying to bring does work out. Because 10 games doesn't really tell us anything. Yeah, I think a big part is he's just trying to get his feet. You know, trying to figure out what how what this, works, how what this all works. But there has been some strange things he's been doing, and obviously we're going to give him some more time before we say, you know, let him go or keep him. But they have been doing better lately. I know, like they said, they played the Marlins over the weekend, which isn't much. He said, Steven said, triple-A team. But they are doing a little bit better as of lately, and we'll see what happens as the season goes. So another story we want to talk about was Otani. Uh, he just continued, though, me and Truman said a couple weeks ago, we don't think he's going to be able to do hitting or pitching, but he just continues to prove us wrong he's every single day. He has more home runs than Aaron Judge. He has more strikeouts than Scherzer. He had his last start versus the A's. He had seven, I think, perfect innings. He went he had, into the seven. Yeah, into the yeah, seven was like perfect. Six. He had 12 strikeouts. He's 2-0, and oh, and it's just amazing to see what he's been doing. Yeah, it's so honestly, this is one of the best stories in sports, I think, right now. Uh, you know, for someone to be coming in and hitting and pitching and not just being decent um, at one and being good at the other, he is being great at both. Um, and if he can keep this up, which, I listen, I'm a fan, and, you know, I'm watching him. I don't know if he can keep this up, but if he can keep this up, it's something to really look at um, as one of the better stories in sports. I, I, You know, it's like we said, he proved us wrong, um, but, you know, I still kind of hold to my opinion that at some point in his career, whether it's five years down the line or any any time down the line, he's gonna kind of have to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, right now, why you know he doesn't have to. He's killing it at both um, pitching and hitting. So one thing to look out for with that. Um, so right now he's pitching. He's pitching once a week. He's gonna pitch every Sunday for them. Uh-huh. Uh, he doesn't hit the game before or the game after he pitches. Okay. Um, they just had another p- starting pitcher go on the DL. So 60% of their projected starting rotation is on the DL right now. That's crazy. So we'll see if, you know, like Truman said, he's going to probably have to come to a decision at some point. Even though he's hitting hot, I think that 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 decision could come sooner than, you know, later. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, with with their injury struggles, I think he's going to have to start pitching, you know, regular every five days instead of every every once a week. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's. I mean, like you said, it's just so hard to focus um, on one, and he's got to focus on both. Um, and you know, just from an analytics standpoint, you got to focus on all the batters. Same with hitting; it's just so complicated. And I just think, uh, I just think, at some point, whether it's soon or later, he's gonna have to make a decision. Um, and that's a good point, bringing up uh, the injury problems for the Angels. Yeah, because it seems like you know he's gonna have. He's not really gonna have the choice here soon. He's the uh, organization's gonna make him the choice for him. Yeah. Um, so we're going to keep watching on that. Another big storyline was the Indians. Uh, they're at 500 right now. They have the worst batting average in the major leagues. I, I, they said it earlier watching the game right now. It's below 200. I think it's 135 or something. You know, they don't really have anybody batting in the high 200s. But I think a lot of this is due to, you know, the weather. They've been playing in freezing cold conditions. And it's just, you know, I think they will come back they have Jose Ramirez Michael Brantley all these players who 
have hit multiple seasons in the high 300s, I mean low 300s. So I think they're going to figure it out here sooner rather than later. And that's going to, they're really going to be a really dangerous team because they're 500 right now. They're 5-5 five and five, and they have the worst batting average in the league. Yeah, I mean, people are going to kind of be surprised that I'm actually going to defend the Indians here. But, like, I just, um, you know, when we compare teams and talk about cold teams and hot teams through 10 games, it's just so hard because we don't have a good sample size. And, honestly, we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but the weather is an, it impacts mm-hmm. these players. Um, and, you know, they're, they're playing a lot of games in Cleveland right now. Obviously, we're close to Cleveland. We know it's not it's not great weather. It's cold here. Um, that's big. Um, and I think once you get to the warmer months, you're going to start seeing um, them kind of heat up. And, you know, it's the Indians. They have star power everywhere. They have a good rotation. So I don't think 10 games being 500 is something to worry about, especially when the weather is really not realistic to what they're going to see um, for most, most of, the of the year. Yeah, like, like uh, Travis said, we're watching the game right now. They just threw the lineup on the screen a little bit ago and uh our highest batter in the lineup right now i think is batting 214 yeah and that's and I, that's edwin isn't it i think it's where's it gomes i, I think it's dave it's whoever's batting dave, oh yeah i think it's davis but yeah. he's only had what 20 bats yeah so i mean you know our our hitting's off this slow start if you're watching the games you can really see that the the ball isn't carrying mm-hmm. uh we've had a lot of uh like line drive outs and hard outs and stuff like that so, I mean, the, you know, it's baseball. The hits will fall. Yeah, I think the one thing is they're not striking out. They're just, yeah. you know, they're just hitting the ball in the bad spots, and it's just dying on them when it, they get a hit, good contact on it. Uh, so another story we want to talk about were the hot and cold teams. We wanted to, uh, you know, we each give, you know, a couple hot teams, a couple cold teams. And for me, it's Boston. They're 8-1 right now. They got the best record in baseball tied with the Mets, I think. The Mets are also very hot. And they're playing really well. They had that tough opening day where the bullpen gave it up. But it seems like every day a new guy's bringing in, you know, runs and hitting home runs for him, like Hanley, Benatendi, all these guys. They just lost Bogarts out of the DL. Yeah, that's going to hurt. He's been a big part of what they've been doing for the last couple of years. But, I mean, they're really hot right now. And with the Yankees struggling, this is a good time for them to really pick up some wins. Yeah, uh, one team you have to look at. I don't like talking about them, um, but the Pirates, uh, they're one of my least favorite teams. So they're 8-2, and two, though. Um, you know, they haven't really played a great schedule, but that's not to take anything away from them. Um, they, they, they've they impressed, um, but it's just one of those Italian teams. Italian looks great. Italian, yeah, yeah he looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, he pitched great, and that's a cool story. That's yeah. one of the cool stories in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think it's just one of those teams. Uh, the Pirates, they're supposed to be rebuilding this year. You know, they traded McCutcheon, you know, the cornerstone of their franchise this offseason, the Giants. Um, you know, through 10 games, uh, they're, like I said, they're 8-2. and two. Uh, They're interesting to watch. Um because they are supposed to be rebuilding, but, you know, if they're going to keep winning, you know, why not, you know, towards the deadline, you know, commit to kind of winning if you're going to win. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I still think they're going to end up rebuilding. Um, but, you know, it's cool to see through 10 games that a team that's supposed to be rebuilding is uh, hot. Uh, one one hot team I have is actually uh, a team that I thought for sure was going to be horrible this year, uh, Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're 6-4, the, and four, I think. You know, yeah, the record is... You know, it's good, not great, but their run differential is plus 29. That's awesome. Highest in baseball. The next highest is Houston, I believe, with plus 22. And, you know, we we obviously know about Houston. Yeah. Great offense, great pitching. So it'll be interesting to see if that, you know, can can keep that up. Yeah, that's that's something to watch for. So we're going to get our cold teams now. For me, it's the Padres. Padres are 2-8 right now. They're always a boring team to watch. They really don't have the superstars. Every time they get some talent, they kind of trade it away for pieces that never really turn out. But this season, they did sign Hosmer. He was their big sign. Uh, they gave him a boatload of money. But he he blew the game versus the Astros the other night. He dropped. Uh, he looked like it was an easy pop fly in the infield. And he dropped it, caused them to lose the game. And it's just, you know, San Diego... Both teams, the Chargers and the Padres, always seem like they're mediocre. LA. Yeah. LA Chargers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> they just seem like they're always so mediocre and boring to watch. And the Padres have always been kind of that mediocre level. And it's just, you know, that's how the season's starting for them right now. Yeah, one thing, uh, one team you got to look for right now is the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're a team that, you know, at the beginning of the season, I, I 
kind of made my bold prediction. I think the Diamondbacks will win that division. Um, but I just, just looking at their offense, um, they just look lackluster right now. Um, they're supposed to be one of the best teams in the league. Obviously, they came off, um, you know, taking the Astros in the in the World Series to seven games. Um, they start there's three and six right now. Um, you know, Kershaw's doing good things and stuff like that, but their offense is just not picking up. They're not scoring runs, and that's going to be an issue. I think it's one of those teams though that's going to gain um, gain it throughout the season. But you know, it's a slow start. You know, they're going to miss Justin Turner. They're going to miss that for you know another month or so. I think mm-hmm. two months. Um, so. They're gonna have to f- find other ways to make, get runs, um, you know. For but for right now, they're they're starting slow, and it's it can be concerning. Like you said, uh, you know, they're struggling to score runs with my team. You know, I have the Indians. Yeah. You know, they're five and five, which isn't bad, but their their offense just looks so bad. Yeah. Um. Also, I'm really hitting the panic button on a fifth starter. Really. I think you know I'm watching Tomlin right now. He gave up a a double to a no name no name player. Uh, Lindor saved him on a. On a Miggy line drive, uh, I he's just yeah he's just so bad. Like, what his fastball is what 86 now? Yeah. It's... I mean, I faced that as a high school player. Yeah. yeah. I mean. It's yeah. They got a couple. I think Salazar when he comes back maybe give him a couple starts, see what he can do. But yeah, it's it's scary right now. Maybe they find something at the deadline. Yeah. But yeah, so we're gonna move on now. We're gonna talk about John Carlos Stanton. Uh, he's he went. I think he's three for twenty-eight. He's only had one home run, but he's had sixteen strikeouts. He struck out five. He, he had three home runs. Oh, he's three home runs. I think he has one. Oh, that was over stadium. Yeah, so that was at home. Uh, but the last two games or a couple games, he struck out five times, and in one game he he got up bases loaded and he hit into an inning inning double play. He's just having a rough time he struck out more i think in the first couple of weeks here than joe dimaggio did in one season i saw and it's you know he's the fastest guy ever to do two games with five strikeouts it's concerning to watch yeah i don't have too much on this um stanton i said that he's you know one of my favorite players outside the brewers um you know and this kind of change of scenery from miami to new york um might be affecting him. Um, you know, it's kind of big. You know, everyone expected the Yankees in this lineup to be just the greatest lineup in uh, in the MLB history. Um, and they're just not living up to that right now with Stanton. Um, but uh, I think he will end up picking it up. Um, you know, towards once the season go, kind of progresses, I you know, he's he's going to hit more home runs. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, right now it is kind of concerning because, you know, people thought he was going to hit 60 home runs and stuff like that. They were thinking he was going to break all these records and you know he's just not starting as fast as people wanted him to which uh you know to touch on that i i think that part of the reason is because there is almost too much hype for home runs yeah you know they were talking with him with judge with sanchez you know they're gonna break the you know the team home run record i think that he came in all he heard about was you know hit home runs hit home runs so that's what he's trying to do at the moment you know Mm -hmm. that that lineup's so good that he he almost doesn't have to try to get hits and stuff. If he can, you know, try to hit a home run and or try to walk, yeah. I mean that's that's yeah. all they really need from the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it plays a part is you know going from Miami to New York. New York's such a pretty bad media market. You know the fans are ruthless. He got booed I think uh, one game, and it's just you know it's more of a what have you done for me lately type of team. And it's I it's a kind of a culture shock going from Miami to New York. He but just hasn't seen like in Miami he wasn't and when he was. You know, when he would get into slumps, you know, the, the fans wouldn't give him shit. Yeah. You know, there's five people going to Miami Marlins games down mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in New York, you know, the, they live and die by the Yankees. And if someone's struggling, someone who's supposed to be hitting, you know, 60 home runs, uh, they're going to give him crap. And that might be a, an af- affect him a lot. Okay. So we're going to move on. We got our last baseball talking point. Steven wanted to bring this up. was the pace of play. Uh, Manford has been trying to speed up the game. Uh, I don't really like it, but he's been trying to speed up the game. And I know Stephen wanted to bring this up. Trevor Bauer had a pretty strong opinion about this. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> the first game Bauer pitched at home was against the Royals. Uh, we lost one nothing. Um, he he was pitching well. He was dealing. Um, the one mistake he gave up was a, a solo shot to Lucas Duda. He threw 34 four seam fastballs uh, during the game and. That was the slowest one he threw. Yeah. And it was the inning that the umpire rushed him, and he didn't get all the warm-up time that he really needed. Uh, he said that he wasn't – he he didn't feel loose. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there was just nothing he could do. He, he was getting hurried, so. 
Yeah, we're going to – I want to tie this in. We have a, our next question to answer is, you know, should MLB play in this cold weather? And I think, you know, obviously I don't think they should be playing in 30-degree weather. I mean, it's baseball. It's not meant to be played in the cold. And when you have a player like Trevor Bauer, who he, – he's a guy who really relies on his warming up and his workouts and stuff like that. And you have to rush him through the inning, especially when it's this cold out. Yeah. You, know, you need more time to warm up. And you're going to have mistakes when players don't even get a chance to warm up their arm. Yeah, I never played baseball, um, so I let Steven touch on this. But, you know, I can just ima- – I can't even imagine, uh, you know, playing in the cold and how, you know, how hard that would be. Um, so, you know, they can't change it. Um, no one really – no one wants baseball to start later. They can't do that. They, can't, they would have to shorten things up and stuff like that. But, like, there's – what was the stat? Like, there's a lot of Indians games at home. In April, yeah, right? we're gonna bring that up. Yeah, the two longest home stretches I think that we have are both in April. Yeah, they yeah. have 17 games at home. So in obviously April. in April it's one of the most iffy months for Cleveland weather. I mean we never know if it's gonna be warm. It could be cold. It could be snowing. So that that to me can change. Um, you know they can play. You know they can play more home games, more home stands on the West Coast and stuff like that. Um, you know, but I don't think you can really change it. But in that uh, aspect, I think you can move it around a little bit. Yeah, did you ever play in cold weather, Steven? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. With, especially with high school baseball. Um, you know, we go to we go to Florida for spring break, and we play games down there, and that's mm-hmm. obviously very nice. But, you know, as soon as we get back, you're fighting the weather, you're getting games canceled. Um, I don't know the last time that the high school team ever played all the scheduled games that they were scheduled. Yeah, yeah. It, it just, it's so bad. You know, you catch, <laughs> I, I remember one game, uh, when I was, it was during summer ball. It was the very first game of the season, very first pitch I swung at, and I got a stinger, and I couldn't feel my hands the rest of the game. I mean, <laughs> oh, jeez. It's just, it, it's not fun. Yeah, it's baseball. Like I said, is not meant to be played in the cold. The Twins game, they played in 27 degree weather. That's crazy. Which is crazy. You know, like I said, baseball is not meant to be played in the, the cold. And then we wanted to, another question we got is why are the Indians playing so many home games in April? And it really makes no sense. You know, they're playing 17 games in April. They have they have a longest they have one of the, some of their longest home stands in April. They're in it right now. I was at the game on uh, Sunday. And it was the coldest game in progressive field history. It was 32 degrees. Uh, Saturday wasn't much better. I know Stephen went to opening day and that was cold too. Mm. And it's just why are you scheduling games so many games in a, such a cold weather city? In April, it makes no sense. Yeah, like I said before, I just think you you can't change, you know, the playing in cold weather because, I mean, you don't want to shorten the season. You don't want to make it later. You don't want to do any of that because baseball is baseball. But, you know, they can definitely change around the Indians playing in April um, home. You know, obviously, we all know, everybody knows Cleveland weather is not good in April. Um, so why are you making so many games in yeah, Cleveland in no April? Yeah, it makes no sense. Um, you're not, I mean, they're going to play. But, like, why are they having some of their longest homestands um, in April? It just it doesn't make any sense. Um, and you're obviously – I honestly, like I said before, I think that's part of the reason Cleveland, the Indians are starting slow. Um, so it's – I don't like it, but um, you can't really do much. But that's one thing you can change, I feel like. Yeah, and, um, you know, this is, this is definitely out there. But if – I wish that the MLB would not necessarily donate, but, like, help pitch in for teams, like, north of a certain – point mm-hmm. to get retractable roofs yeah. that's good yeah that would be like obviously you'd have issues with like wrigley and fenway mm-hmm. because those are just so historic you don't want to put a roof over those yeah but i mean you you wouldn't have rain outs because you could just close the roof yeah cold weather wouldn't be an issue you wouldn't lose off days for rescheduling games i i just i don't know yeah that, i mean that would make the most sense yeah. Um, uh, honestly, I'm a Brewer fan. You know, the retractable dome in, in Miller Park, it's perfect. You know, if it's raining, they mm-hmm. just close it. They just close it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Milwaukee, it's the same way as Cleveland. It's in questionable weather right now. Yeah. It, they don't have this issue of, you know, having to dress in freaking sweatshirts. Yeah, under their, I mean, I went, under their and, like, I was at the game and, like, every, all the players were wearing, like, ski masks and yeah. have hand warmers like it's a football game. And, you know, Lonnie Chisinau, he hurt his calf, uh, on Saturday, because he he had a he's had a been dealing with this calf for a while, and the, I think the cold really helped to bring it on another injury. And it's just you know it's tough to see players get hurt when you can kind of prevent this type of stuff by playing in warmer cities or bringing in a retractable dome. So we got our last question to answer. I know Stephen really wanted to talk about this. Was should weed be legalized in the NFL? I'll let uh, Stephen start with that. Okay, well I don't want it. I don't want you to say that I really want to talk about it. Well, I'm yeah. a big promoter of weed, but <laughs> um, you know, when I when I first brought this up, I I was at the point of, you know, 
I don't think that they should. I mean, obviously, don't be for it. Don't be openly for it. Yeah. You know, drugs. But <laughs> I think that you know, people getting suspended for doing what they want. Mm-hmm. Like if they get in trouble with the law, that's one thing because that's the law. The law. The law. Yeah. 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 But I just don't see the point in it. But at the same time, you know, once I started to think about it more, you can't have, like, players... Like, Josh Gordon has openly admitted that he's been high during games. Yeah. Like, you can't you, you can't have that. Yeah. So if they could somehow regulate that... Yeah, I think it's tough because, yeah. like, they're putting... I mean, I'm, I don't, I'm not a supporter of weed, too. It's just, I mean, we're, we're a non-supported weed podcast. <laughs> All right. So, um, but there's, like... Doctors in the NFL are giving players, you know, drugs that I think are much harmful than weed. You know, there's been players who take just painkillers upon painkillers upon painkillers, and that just destroys them. I think weed is not something, like I said, it's against the law, so they shouldn't do it. They shouldn't openly do it. But I think, you know, I've heard stories of NFL players. It's like they they do it. They don't really care. You know, once they pass their first drug test, they do it. They openly do it because it helps them with pain. And I think the NFL needs to look into this a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into this very much, um, but you know, like we all said, we're not for it. Like, we're not for weed. But, like, uh, I mean, I honestly just feel like it's not that big, big of a deal. deal. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like they're doing some hardcore drugs. Um, you know, and like you said, if they get caught with it, if they openly use it, that's an issue because it's against the law. But, you know, are you... Yeah. I don't know. I, I I just don't see it to be. I think there's much bigger problems in the NFL than yeah, a guy I, smoking a blunt. And yeah. And to help with pain. But you know, I mean, you got guys like Packers Trevor Davis. Uh, he got arrested over the weekend. He's making a bomb threat in uh, the Los Angeles airport. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. like you're gonna not deal with that, but you're gonna deal with. Well, obviously, you know, Josh Gordon has a lot bigger problems than just weed. But, yeah, I mean, well, the, the the thing with Josh Gordon is he, like you said, he openly said, like, yeah. oh yeah, I was high during games. You can't have that. You can't have, and you can't have guys, you know, you know, say that they. Um, I think if it's again, like I said, the country's turning more towards you know pro legalization, and I think if the every state starts to get on board, I think each NFL should look into it. But right now, it is against the law. So I think. What about players like uh, where's it where's it legalized? Colorado or like Washington? What about players for Seattle or Denver? Yeah. Are, are they do they get more leeway because they live in a state they play for a state mm-hmm. that's legalized then but someone from cleveland you know the browns yeah. they don't get you know because yeah. it's not legalized here so that's interesting too it's a really hard question because you know we have the opioid crisis and a lot of that's due to you know painkillers and pumping people up with painkillers nfl players who probably need it the most yeah did, did you see the interview that ryan leaf yeah, like, like part of my yeah. take, yeah, and he, you know, he he doesn't support it either. He says, you know, if you really need to, something to take away pain from your job, you should just you know retire. But he understands it too. You know, why give players so many you know opioids and painkillers when those do much more harmful effects than weed? Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be an open. It's gonna be a de- continuous debate as we go through. You know, NFL. It's gonna, they're gonna have to make a clear stance on it though. Um, now we're going to move on. Keep sending in those questions and uh, we'll answer them every single time. Uh, we want to move on to Steven's interview. We just wanted to ask you, know, tell us about your background in sports. Um, okay, so I played, I, I've always played, you know, just about every sport mm-hmm. outside of hockey. Um, but I was on the high school golf team, um, sophomore, junior, senior year. Uh, I had a blast with that. Um, I was on the freshman baseball team, then I took a break year, sophomore year, and then I was on uh, the JV team on junior year, and then I played varsity last year as a starting shortstop at the end of the year. It was pretty fun. We went pretty deep, so that was, mm-hmm. that was a good time. Yeah, so, yeah, I know you, like, you've always played sports like us. So tell us about your favorite teams, professional teams. Okay, so for baseball, far and away the Indians. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's not even close. Um, I'm not a huge basketball guy. Uh, I like the Cavs. You know, I like LeBron, yeah. obviously. Um, football. Is when it kind of gets out there. I, I do like the Patriots. Um, I root for the Browns, but uh, I would say the Patriots are my favorite team. But yeah. um, I'm also starting to get big into the Raiders. Mm-hmm. You know, when I say I'm changing my favorite team, it definitely sounds front runnerish, but they are going to end up being my favorite team. Um, same thing with the Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I like the Jackets, but I, you know, I plan to retire. Well, not retire, but end up moving to Vegas. Yeah. Some sometime in the near future, and if they're both gonna be there, 
Now, I'd love to be a season ticket holder of both of them, mm-hmm. so that's why, you know, the Raiders yeah. and the, the Knights are going to be And the Raiders are going to be a fun team, you know, with Gruden. And, and, and so are yeah. the Knights. You know, well, yeah. they got a bright future, so yeah. that'd be cool to watch. So, you said you're a big baseball guy. Who do you, Who's your sleeper MLB team this year, besides the Indians? Okay, so, well, I don't know if you can call the Indians a sleeper. Oh, yeah. I think, one bold prediction I have, the Yankees will not make the playoffs. Okay, that's, that's think, pretty good. I think the Red Sox will win the division. Um, and then I think that the team out of the West, I think both wild card spots are going to come from the West. Mm-hmm. I think the Angels and the Mariners okay. Okay. are... Really good. If um, if the Ra- uh, not the Rangers, the Angels um, <clears throat> if their pitching staff can you know if they can get some some guys back from the mm-hmm. DL like I said earlier they have a lot of a lot of injuries there. If you know their pitching can stay consistent, um, same thing with in Seattle with uh, James Paxton. If he, King Felix can um, you know have a good year, I think both those offenses are just they're so good. Um, the Angels we just played them. They don't have Ian Kinsler right now. He's on the yeah. DL. Once he comes back, they'll move Zach Kozar to third. I just think, you know, those two teams could definitely make the playoffs. Yeah, that'd be interesting because the Mariners, that, they have, like, the longest streak of not making the playoffs or something like that. In, like, all of sports. In yeah. all of sports. So, I, 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 yeah, that'd be cool to see them finally get back there. And they, they, have, they have the talent to do so. Yeah. So, uh, you're sitting here in a Manny Machado jersey. I know you are a big Manny Machado fan. Mm-hmm. A lot of rumors been popping up about him being traded. Where do you think he's going to end up? I think he's going to end up staying in Baltimore. Really? I think he came up as a shortstop. They moved him to third. He's back at short this year. I think that's kind of like an effort to say, hey, you know, you came up as a shortstop. We think you want to play shortstop. Mm-hmm. We'll put you at shortstop. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about it, though. Like, if he, if he really wants to play shortstop, there's not a lot of I, – I don't think that there's a lot of big market teams – they're going to pay him that need shortstops. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they got Gregorius and in, um, in the Yankees. They like him. The Red Sox have Bogarts. They like him. Outside of, uh, I thought maybe, like, um, the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if they lose Donaldson. They, yeah. can, they could end up signing him, moving him back to third. But I really think he's just going to stay in, stay in Oriole. They have the money to pay him. The only other guy that they're really paying is Chris Davis. Um, Adam Jones is at the end of his career. You know they they need pitching, mm-hmm. but I I think in a guy like Machado, you just you you have to pay him. Yeah, you got he's a he's the cornerstone of your franchise. Yeah, he's, yeah. once he's in so a good. generation. Offensive, defensive, he's just he's a he's a five tool player for sure. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna move a little bit. You know, you're not a big basketball fan, like you said, but do you think the Cavs have a shot to win the championship this year? I do, if they don't play the Warriors. Yeah. For for some reason, I know the Rockets are you know statistically the better team. They've they've beat the Warriors a couple times. I just I'm tired of watching the Warriors play the Cavs because yeah. I just I feel like we don't match up well against them. I'd would honestly rather play the Rockets. Yeah, that would be an interesting matchup because everyone expects you know Cavs Warriors and it'd be nice to get a little bit of you know change. yeah change finally. For... <laughs> so you said you're big Patriots fans, but I know you you do follow the Browns. Who do you think they're gonna draft with the first pick? Okay, so if if they know for sure that the second and third pick will be QBs, I think you take Josh Allen at one, Barkley at four. Yeah. But if there's any doubt in your mind that, you know, one of them could take Barkley at two or three, I think you take Barkley first overall, and then you take whatever quarterback's there at four. That's a good idea. Yeah, I could see them doing that. It kind of forces you. You almost like... Forces I mean, you, yeah. Like, you can say, like, oh, you know, you pass on him. But you can also say, like, okay, we ended up with this guy because the other two guys we wanted were mm-hmm. taken. Yeah. Um, I did see in a mock draft today, though, that they had Barkley at one, and then they had, with the 32nd pick, taken Lamar Jackson. Oh, that would be crazy. I could that would be crazy. One of those quarterbacks will be down there, honestly, at the 32nd pick. So if you um, if you wanted to do, like, a pick Saquon at one, and then another skill player, another good player at four, and then take that quarterback at 32, because, you know, Rudolph will be down there, Jackson mm-hmm. might be down there, mm-hmm. so, that, I mean, they have a lot, they, they have a lot of pieces to play, um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, I think it's different this year, because they do have that bridge quarterback in Tyrod Taylor, they have the day one starter, mm-hmm. so you can kind of, you know, sit back, you don't need a guy to come in and play very well right away. And if they end up doing, going with Lamar Jackson at some point... You know, he 
you know, he's just like Tyrod Taylor, you know, a running quarterback yeah. who throws. And um, I, I think that I don't I'm not gonna say that they should take Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they should take Josh Allen, but you know I I, I don't know. Yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if they do. Um. So who's your favorite athlete of all time? Um. Football. Tom Brady. Yeah. I'm a big Brady guy, <laughs> especially because I wasn't born to hate him in Michigan. So, yeah. So I can't, I couldn't hate him from that standpoint. Um. When it comes to baseball, I was not a very good hitter. I was a big <laughs> big defensive guy. I love playing short. Love making the the good play, the flashy plays. So, you know, when I say my favorite player, other than Machado, uh, my, all the guys are defensive mm-hmm. players. Uh, Omar Vizquel, I was, I love Omar. Mm-hmm. Um, Ken Griffey he was probably one of my favorite all-time players, even yeah. though he was a great hitter. Um, and then Ozzie Smith from the Cardinals back, yeah. in, back in the day, you know, doing the front flips out to shortstop. <laughs> you know, I, my dad talked about him all the time, you know. I, I, I liked him. Yeah. So. Um. So, what's your favorite sports memory of all time? Um, I know most people will say the Cavs. Yeah, it's the last couple. But I will say Rajay Davis. Home yes. Run, for sure. Yeah. Uh, baseball has only made me cry a couple times, and that was for sure one of them. Yeah. Um, and then I I put one down that was you know outside of my favorite team. Um, when D Gordon hit the the leadoff home run the first game after Jose Fernandez died. Mm-hmm. That was just, you know, I, I was speechless. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely teared up. It was just, it was unbelievable. And, uh, you know, Bartolo Colon did the right thing. Uh, he didn't throw another pitch till he was all the way in the clubhouse. He went through the dugout, got all the hugs, got all the high fives. You know, he, I, I just think that that whole situation was so tough. And that was just the perfect thing at yeah. the moment. That's a nice mix up from, you know, we usually have Cavs championships favorite um so that's gonna be the end of our show today we want to thank you to our sponsors d's home cuts and a's lawn service go on to itunes give us five stars rate and review us and subscribe you can follow us on twitter and instagram at tnt sports talk 12 tune in tomorrow on 12 ounce sports from 12 to 1 you can hear us on there Uh, we want to thank you to our guest steven thanks for coming in thanks for having me boys uh, have a great day, and then tune on Thursday. We we are gonna have a guest. We don't. We're we, not for sure. Yeah, yeah we're not for. We will have a guest, I think. Uh, about what? What would you say? Eighty-five percent sure we'll have a guest. Yeah, ninety percent. Ninety percent. We don't know who it's gonna be yet, though. We have a lot, couple people who we have in mind. But you know, have a great day, and just uh, tune in on Thursday. Thank you. Go Packers. <laughs>